Good Saturday morning. It's the High School Playbook back in full effect. I'm your host, Colin Castleberry, with you all season long. And this morning, we have got a doozy and a treat for you. Catching up with every head coach of all your Upper Cumberland schools on the gridiron. It is a full-fledged preview as we are just days away from week one game week for all the Tigers, Wildcats, Blue Devils, and everything in between across the Upper Cumberlands. This is the High School Playbook. Welcome back into the High School Playbook, and we jump right into it. We begin right here in Cookville at the home of the Cavs, Cookville High School, and year two for alumnus and now head coach Taylor Hennigan. We began by asking Coach Hennigan just his feelings coming out of that final scrimmage against Siegel on Thursday and how he feels going into week one next week with Stone Memorial up first. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. You know, I'm, I'm confident um, just in the preparation and, and the, the leadership that we have on our team. Um, certainly, you know, games are, are the real test and scrimmages are obviously a, a part of the preparation. So, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, weigh the, the good and the bad for what it's worth. But, um, you know, I think just from my perspective, we are more organized and, and better prepared going into year two, certainly, than we were um, year one. Yeah, what is the biggest difference? Do you think it is that level of, of preparation and kind of comfort in, in the program for both you guys as coaches and the players on the field here in year two versus last year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, just you know, just from my perspective, um, that first year, man, it's uh, not not that I'm not still learning every day, but that first year is just everything's kind of new. Everything's um, I'm doing for the first time, so um, it, it's been personally just uh, a much a much better year, just um, from a standpoint of having a full off season starting in really you know starting in December. Uh, having all of our coaches in place, uh, we have added a few, but we've had the the core of our coaching staff in place, obviously since the end of last season. Where, you know, last year going into the first season, um, our offensive coordinator didn't get here until June, and our offensive line coach wasn't hired until mid July, and um, just a completely different um, winter and spring, and so that's obviously helped the continuity and the communication on our staff and also you know our players just understand um the standard and the expectation and just the simple things of what the the daily schedule might look like and all of that was new last year so uh, i think it's it's translated into more uh, of us being able to focus on the things that are going to help us win games and less on just the organization and the install of uh, of a new system what does it mean to get to open your season at home hosting a team like Stone Memorial? How much easier does that kind of make the the transition into the season, the games, game weeks that you guys get to start there at Cookville High School? Yeah, it means a lot. Um, we have a good home field advantage. We have, um, you know, great support here in the community and uh, a great facility and venue to play football. So uh, it's always exciting to be here um last year we only had i think four home games and only maybe two before fall break i mean we only had a couple before um 
you know, essentially the end of the season. So we only had four total and uh, it's good to kind of get that balance back in our schedule. Uh, and like you said, open up at home. Uh, I know we'll have a, a crowd that's ready to go. A lot of people would tell you the the jump from year one to year two can tell you a whole lot about a coaching staff, a team, a program. What gives you the confidence that this year's Cavs team can make the leap from year one to year two in terms of whether it's wins, offensive production, defensive production, so on and so forth? Yeah, I think, you know, I touched on a little bit, just the, the familiarity with our coaching staff and our players and how we do things, but you know, the thing I think I battled probably more than anything um, last year was just truly our guys believing that we can win. Not not that we're guaranteed to win, you know, we but if we play well, if we if we execute, you know, the simple things, which is easy to say, um, and, and more difficult to do, but if we if we execute then we're gonna have a chance to win. And I think early on um, I'm not sure we really believed that last year. And, and later in the year, I think we started to a little bit. So I, I think our guys right now are confident to, to know that we can win, not not overconfident to where we can play bad and win. But um, we are capable of, of winning region games against really good opponents. We're capable of beating a really good Stone Memorial team um, if we play. And, and that's probably been the focus and and again just the biggest difference in in going into this year versus going into last year cookville Cavs head coach taylor hennigan now we take the short drive up highway 111 we head to white county where we catch up with curtis Beatty and started it off asking him what the transition was like going from being the defensive coordinator to being the head coach sure uh and then in the past year, I've, I've done a lot since I've been here. I've, I've helped the offense, coach the offensive line, and do the defense. So being a part of the whole scheme has always been something I've done. But the biggest transition is really not even football-related. It's all the, the paperwork and, and thing, parent meetings and things like that that head coaches have to do, probably don't really want to do, but just comes with the, the territory. You guys obviously last year had a good defense at times and not so great at other times. It was pretty inconsistent. What have you guys done this year with a new D.C. Uh, as well as yourself to really sure up the consistency on that side of the football? Right. Uh, like you said, you brought in uh, Coach Foster. We brought him in, and he's done a great job of teaching things from a fundamental level all the way up. And, and we're just making sure that we realize each play matters we're not trying to look at the over overall game just yet make sure each play and hopefully that draws the consistency just a little bit better because like you said last year we weren't consistent we we're really good at times and really bad at times and and we we can't do that in this 4-4-A and be competitive and win win games the question you're obviously going to get asked up and until we're maybe halfway through the season or even through the season, the loss of Malachi Dowell is huge. You can't replace him one for one. We've talked about that. What have you seen this unit of wide receivers and this offense around trip begin to do to replace the production of a guy like that as a team? Right, and you said it. You can't replace Malachi Dowell. I mean, greatest player ever to play at White County High School. I don't know if that's an opinion, but that's that's my opinion. And for 
for replacing him, if we're trying, we're, we've lost our mind. We're not even trying to replace him. We're, we're focusing on what we're good at, and we're trying to work on Trip. Trip's now a junior, three-year starter, so his arm's starting to develop a little bit more. Reeds on the field are, are coming to him a little bit easier. The athletes are there on the outside. They're just learning. They haven't got a lot of experience. So we're looking to get more people involved to replace some production. But once again, you'll never replace Malachi. You're just trying to replace some production with multiple guys. You mentioned it, Tripp, going into his third year starting. Obviously, as a junior, his body, his arm, everything begins to develop. How much of, how much help can that be to an offense that was already pretty prolific last year and a guy who had a really good year offensively? But what can that mean as he begins to take maybe the biggest step you can take in high school from sophomore to junior year? So, I mean, it's huge because Tripp now is a coach on the field. I mean, he can, he can tell the linemen where they're going. He can tell the receivers what routes to be ran. He can he can relay messages back to the sideline, what he's seeing with the defense. The game has slowed down for him now because he's been out there so much. So it's just, like I said, you get a coach on the field, and there's no way to measure the, the – I don't even know the word to use there. Uh, but you can't even measure how, how much that helps us. White County head football coach Curtis Beatty there. When we come back, we take a trip – towards Murfreesboro to DeKalb County and catch up with head coach Steve Trapp as the Tigers prepare for their first game week on the 2023 season. This is the High School Playbook. Back on the High School Playbook and time to head towards Murfreesboro into DeKalb County where we catch up with head coach Steve Trapp and begin by asking him what his thoughts are on the Tigers and where they sit right before we hit week number one. I mean, I really like our, our opportunities for our team. I think we have potential to be a competitive football team, but that's still something that you know we have to preach to our guys each and every day, just about the process of work and what it takes to be competitive week in and week out. And you know, we can't take days off. We can't have bad practices. We've got to focus on doing what it takes to get what we want. Uh, you know, so it's it's always exciting for for any football team. You know, especially high school football, the beginning of the season, just the the pageantry that comes along with it. You know, we start off with a border rival with Warren County, and, uh, you know, so that's been a really good game. And, uh, you know, it's pretty split and equal down the, the win-loss column in that. So it's a fun way to start off the season. But, you know, our guys are hungry, and they're ready to start off the season and, uh, you know, start playing some games on Friday nights that count. Yeah, what has been kind of the, the feeling around the program as you guys have each day gotten one day closer to not just opening your season, but as you pointed out, kind of opening your season with a with a big time cross rivalry is that something where like you you can see and feel a little extra around the team and around the guys uh, well we tell our guys all the time if they get a little extra juice or motivation because of who we're playing so be it but you know the one thing I always talk to them about is you know we should have that anyway just for the opportunity to play uh, you know we've got a saying Walmart parking lot in Memphis and that's not downgrading anything in Memphis that's just a very long trip for us to travel but if that's where we have the opportunity to play, then we would show up with bells on it and do it. So, uh, you know, I want our guys to be self-motivated again for the opportunity. But if they get a little extra motivation uh, because of the type of game or anything, so be it. Uh, you know, so you can look at that as a positive or as a negative. But definitely, like I said a moment ago, we're just ready to keep the season off. Well, when you kick the season off on Friday night, you've obviously got some athletes and some talent on the defensive side, but you've also got a really talented quarterback coming back to take it out of the shotgun or under center for you guys. Do you feel like early on your strength is going to be putting points on the board or keeping the other team from putting points up? 
or we want to do both. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, uh, Coach Shaw's done a tremendous job the last few years of their defense. You know, especially last year when Briz got hurt, you know, there early. Uh, you know, Jordan Parker come in and did his job the way he was supposed to. And, you know, we kind of leaned on our defense and our run game just to, you know, shorten the games. And, and it was successful for us, uh, you know, up to a certain extent. But, yeah, definitely it's good to have Briz back. It's going to be his third year starting. Uh, you know, and we feel like we can do what we need to do through the air or on the ground, uh, you know, with him. Uh, you know, Malachi Trout played the uh, you know receiver for us last year. We got him as running back just to get him more touches, and you know, feel good about the guys that we have on that side that uh, you know have a chance to catch the football. So, uh, but it all determines on how well we gel together up front, and how we play as an offensive line unit. Uh, but definitely, you know, we want to score points, put pressure on the other team, and then allow our defense to you know hold them down. And uh, you know, so it's best case scenario for any football team is to be able to score points and keep the other team from doing it. DeKalb County head football coach Steve Trapp. Now a hop, skip, and a jump over to Warren County where alumnus and head football coach Matt Turner. Off the top, we asked, how do you build depth when he says he feels like his ones are as good as anybody's? Yeah, uh, which I I believe in that philosophy that you're only as good as your number twos. You know, I believe that, uh, you know, especially in in certain units, offensive line or secondary, I try to feel like those – player the groups play as a unit uh more so than others uh but yeah just getting these young guys to to, uh uh, consistently uh be here every day uh the good thing is our offense and defense um uh, coach Matheny at the middle school has been running it so now we're starting to get kids that are getting into the system that are uh uh, know the vocabulary and know the system and and think and so we can start progressing a little further than we was the last few years um so, but you know that, and then you know we live and die in this in the weight room. We put a lot of effort into that. Uh, you know, I think we battle the same battles every coach, head coach is talking about conditioning. You know, I don't ever feel like we're in uh, good enough condition, but those are two things that we can control. And uh, so I feel like conditioning, weight room, uh, will help prevent injuries and and keep the kids healthy. We also made sure to ask Coach Turner about his returner at the quarterback position and what that means for his program. Uh, it's, it's been huge. Uh, this year we have literally just slid Alex and, 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 and Brady Swallows, quarterback only. So, but yeah, Alex, you know, uh, he, he talking about pedigree again. You know, his dad was a was a, uh, a professional rugby player. You know, so his his competition level and, and competitiveness has been huge. And Alex, you know, he's a three sport athlete and and a, a almost a very successful athlete uh in all the sports so it's going to be huge you know uh and like you said uh and, and we're in that role and that's where uh, coach harris has came in and, and teaching him how to lead the huddle and mentor things and control the game and so uh, i think uh uh, that relationship's been huge because I've, I've seen it just from the outside looking in the confidence uh between that triangle there That was Warren County head football coach Matt Turner. When we come back on the high school playbook, we head back here to Putnam County and check in on Adam Kane and the Upperman Bees. All that and more when we come back. Returning here on the high school playbook, Colin Castleberry with you. And now we return here to Putnam County where we check in with Adam Kane and the Upperman Bees and give it up for Coach Kane. I asked one question. He gave one lengthy answer. How do you replace what you lost? Who are some guys coming back that we need to be paying attention to? Here's what Coach Kane had to say. Yeah, you know, I, 
I think of uh, really three names that are going to be guys that are difficult to replace, and that's no disrespect to the other guys. Um, but but Bo Harrell was a really good offensive lineman for us. Terrence Dedman was a two way player, running back and, a, and linebacker, and then and then Jackson Bush was a, a really good receiver, def, defensive back for us. So those are really the spots that we're looking to try to 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 fill. Um, you know, at linebacker, we've, we've worked several kids in there. Uh, Ramsey Snook is a guy that, that, uh, I just looked at the practice film from yesterday. He had a fantastic day and, uh, you know, he's a guy that started probably half the year last year and, you know, started a little slow this spring, uh, trying to work him at the mic position. Um, and, and I think yesterday a little bit clicked for him and, and so he had a pretty good day, and obviously that would be filling Terrence's linebacker spot. Um, you know, on the offensive line, we've got uh, several guys. Um, we, we re- we've got to replace four starters, but, uh, you know, Zach Maynard played a lot of football for us as our extra, you know, when we would go uh, put a big tight end on the field, he played, and, and we did that probably three-quarters of the time. So, He's kind of like a, a, a starter, and then Ian Cox is a guy that we that was a starter at fullback for us last year. That has gotten you know a lot bigger and stronger. He's up to about 230 pounds now, so we've moved him back up to the offensive line, and and he's doing a good job. Um, Eli Bullock is a kid that started several games last year when our center got hurt. And so he's got a, and he was also a defensive starter. So he's got a lot of time under his belt and he's playing one of the guard positions. Um, you know, and, and Zeke Unger is a guy that's, we're working at center right now. And, um, and then of course we got Evan Briggs back, uh, you know, and he's been a, this will be his fourth year to start for us as a lineman. And so, um, you know, everybody, I've seen everybody and everybody's talked about how we lost all our linemen and we won't, you know, we don't have any skill guys and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, we, we've got some capable guys that, that are eager to demonstrate that they, they can play, you know, in, in, in the secondary, uh, replacing that, that spot Jackson Bush held. It's, you know, we got Carmine Phillips, who is a, be a sophomore. Um, Elijah Fitz is a kid who's also a sophomore that played some last year that it's, you know, hoping that he can fill in one of those roles. Um, we got to, you know, it's a good sophomore bunch. My son, Walter Kane is a, is a linebacker that's trying to earn a spot. Um, you know, Bronson Chaffin is, you know, another sophomore that's Six foot four, two hundred pounds, and and you know he can play multiple positions. Um, Ethan Polk is a is a junior who played a lot of running back and started at linebacker for us last year, and we're expecting a lot of good things from him. You know, from a leadership standpoint, Clayton Harris has been another guy that started since his freshman year, and uh, you know he he has um, really turned his body into a specimen and uh you know he's about six three two thirty and and really quick off the ball and has done a fantastic job as a as a defensive end and tight end so far and so we're expecting a lot of good things from them it's a much larger senior class 
Upperman B's head football coach Adam Kane. Now we slide down to Gainesboro. A quick check-in with the Jackson County Blue Devils, who really put an emphasis on a couple things this offseason. Here is head coach Sean Loftus talking about the Blue Devils offseason. I thought the, the kids uh, had great attitudes, uh, very good work ethic, uh, you know, and the, the consistency of showing up each and every day with uh, with, the, with uh, the, the attitude of wanting to get better and holding each other accountable. Um, you know, one of the things, obviously, in the wintertime, we just uh, uh, try to bulk up as much as we possibly can and improve our overall strength as a team. Um, and uh, You know, and then uh, we also, you know, work, work on quickness and different types of movements and things. And I thought that, uh, you know, overall, uh, you know, the kids that the older kids did a good job of, of uh, you know, uh, their leadership with the younger kids and helping them out on what's what's expected or the new kids coming in of the program. And I thought that uh, overall, I just thought that the older kids did a great job of of helping out those younger kids and and welcoming them in and then uh, to the program and and also getting them kind of caught up uh, to uh, to what uh, what our what we expect each and every day in the weight room. Blue Devils head football coach Sean Loftus. Now we go from a program trying to build off a good offseason to a program looking to repeat its success from last year. We go to Clay County and the Bulldogs, where head coach Bruce Lamb discusses his final thoughts going into week one. Depth, is it a concern? And so much more. Here's Coach Lamb on his final thoughts heading into week one. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, the kids are working extremely hard and doing everything we ask them to do. and I think we've gotten better uh, over the last couple of weeks, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to be better each week, and you know, by the end of the season, we want to be playing our best football. So that's our goal, and I think we're headed that way right now. Certainly coming off of an extremely successful campaign last year, what have you done over the offseason and now, again, going into week one to kind of eliminate that, right? Take that out of their heads. That was last year. This year is a brand-new year, new season, new team. Uh, you know, I don't have to do a whole lot. You know, these kids are, uh, you know, they just they line up and they, they, they do whatever we ask them to do. And, and uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not being a we don't talk about it a whole lot. What we did last year, we talk about what our goal is this year. And you know, as I tell them every every year, it's a you know, last year it was kind of a, a dream season, but it's not a dream anymore. It's a plan, and our plan is to get back where we were, and we want to play fifteen games. What is that plan when it when it comes down to the execution and making that happen? What are the things you guys have to do to play fifteen games this season? Well, number one thing we got to do is not be have a lot of injuries. You know, being a single A team, we don't have a whole lot of players. Uh, I think we have thirty eight players, so uh, you know we don't can't have any injuries. But uh, we just got a lot of and play football. I mean, we got some great assistant coaches here with Coach Maynard and Coach Dickerson, uh, Coach Hayes, uh, Coach Arms, and Coach Garrett. Those guys have been around a long time. Uh, they understand football and, and you know they're, they're going to put our kids in the at the right place at the right time we just got to execute and get keep uh keep doing what we do you talked about it right there third round 38 kids give or take on the squad this year something you and me talked about in the spring was the kind of record number of kids you had come out how do you feel about the 38 or so that you've ended up with going into game week considering what you had come out initially versus these 38 to 40 guys you got now 
Well, you know, it's it's gotten a lot better each week, and, and you know, uh, sometimes when you have teams, you you if you do have a big drop off from week one, uh, excuse me, from the first team to the second team, don't have a huge drop off now. I've got kids that are capable of playing. Uh, you know, if one goes down, another one comes in, and that's huge, especially for a single A football team. And uh, you know, if you get to play fifteen games, you're going to have bumps, bruises, injuries. So it's big to have those guys ready to go. What is your strategy when you do feel like your twos and your threes maybe are just as talented? Is there a strategy for in-game subbing guys more in and out, or do you still want to try to stick to 11 guys on either side, and if somebody goes down, you can replace them? Uh, you know, you try to keep people fresh all the time, and that, that's what our goal is. Uh, you know, just because you know we could have a kid that could play both ways, um, and you know, but you have another one that's just like him that's not that's uh, not far off. You you can put you, know, you sub them in and out, or you want to start on offense, want to start on defense, you know, and just work it that way. So it's that's huge in keeping those kids fresh. Last year, you guys were obviously able to do what every team hopes they can do. You were able to put up points, and you were able to hold teams from scoring points what is the strategy going into this year? Do you feel like early on your strength is going to be putting points on the scoreboard or is it going to be holding other teams from putting points on the scoreboard? You know, that's, that's a good question. Uh, you know, we've had a couple of scrimmages and, and, you know, their offense is, is starting to click. It's starting to get there. Still, still like uh, good ways. Our defense has played better in the, uh, in the spring, excuse me, in the fall so far. So, you know, right now I think our strength is our defense. Uh, I think we, we're hard-nosed and we get after it, and uh, we got a great scheme. So, uh, you know, I think defensively we're ahead of our offense right now. Is that normal for this time of year, kind of heading into the season, having come off the off season? Is it normal, do you feel like, for your defense to be ahead, or is that something that you've had to adjust to? No, I, I feel like it's always that way. Um you know, and not that there's it's any easier to learn, but it's people like playing defense a little bit more because you get to hit people. You know, <laughs> you get to make tackles and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's usually ahead of of our offense. Clay County Bulldog head football coach Bruce Lamb. When we come back, we head all the way up to Pickett County to check in with a team that hasn't played a full varsity season in several years. Right here on the high school playbook. We return on the High School Playbook. Colin Castleberry with you as I will be all season. And in this segment, we examine two teams that could not be in more vastly different places. We begin in Pickett County, where they will play a full varsity schedule despite not being TSSAA certified for the first time in several years. Here's head coach Mike Matheny discussing first what gives him the confidence that his team could maybe pull off a couple upsets or keep several of these games close and then why he has so much confidence in the most important position, his quarterback. Well, I think we've got a young bunch, so I think uh, this year would be a good step to maybe even be better next year. And then, of course, in two years, well, yeah, two years, we'll be able to have a chance to go back to TSSAA if, if possible, if our numbers stay up. So right now we're just trying to keep our numbers up where we can have enough to play. How do you feel about the man behind the offensive line, the guy who will have to lead this offense? Do you have a quarterback in mind? Do you maybe have two or three guys that are competing for the position at this point? Uh, no, I've got uh, – he was uh, – he'll be a senior this year, Caden Miller. Uh, 
now he's been our quarterback for the last two years. And, uh, you know, I, I let him do a lot on his own. I let him a lot of the play calling comes from me, but if, if he needs to change it, I give him that opportunity. You know, he's a pretty smart kid and that's one good thing about us. We do have a good quarterback, somebody that can handle the team. So Pickett County head football coach Mike Matheny. Now we go from a team playing their first full varsity season in several years to a team that came one game away from being in the state title last year. That is the York Dragons. We catch up with head coach Derwin Wright, who talks to us about his fourth stint with the Dragons. What's the benefit of be having been in administration now going back to being the head football coach? And of course, who's coming back? Who'd you lose? How do you replace them? Here's head coach Derwin Wright. Well, when you're, you know, when you're in administration and you're looking at it from a whole different side than what you do when you're out there coaching and stuff. And, you know, and then I was over facilities. I, I, I was, I was actually doing, trying to do too many things, but, uh, you said, you know, as you say, my fourth stamp, but, you know, I got out in 2008 after, uh, accident and some things happened and, and didn't really plan on going back as head coach. And then, we had a we were a small school and we had a, a coach leave and and they didn't have any position so I you know I told the administration I'd do it a year and then I did it a year and got out and then uh, again after a few years uh, I took the job back over and your administration is so important you know when you're coaching you've got to have administration that that back you and I didn't feel like I did at that point when I got out the third time and then when the uh, our administrator came in that that's there now uh he had made made decision he was going to make a coaching change and uh i knew he he like i mean he's he's like what an administrator needs to be you got to be academic and athletic if you want to have a good school you want to be you want to be great at both and uh i thought i've got three years left basically to retirement three or four and i said i want to go out i came in and that's what got me back into football but to answer your question you you get a different view you know as an administrator and your old facilities and stuff you you get a view that most coaches don't and and it's uh you know it allows me now to kind of see see the whole picture from both sides obviously each year is kind of a new team a new season uh but what do you what do you have returning from last season that you think you guys will be able to lean on? And obviously who are some kids that you're going to have to try to find a way to replace if you want to make another uh, deep run there in the, uh, the two a state playoffs? Well, from offensive standpoint, we've got, we've got our, our, our main guy after Caden Stover got hurt. We, we've got our tailbacks back, uh, Logan Pinnell and, and Lake Drake and, our quarterback Miles Lefty's back. He's got a, a guy who will be a sophomore who's his backup. It's a, a solid quarterback too. So really, really solid there. Our center is back. Uh, we lost two seniors from the offensive line. Our, our left guard and tackle. So those will be guys that we got to replace. Uh, Bryson Bilbrey's back. He's tied in linebacker force. Had a really outstanding year last year. Uh, Rylan. Rylan Miller, who's a speed guy, him and him and Aiden Sweat Thomas, they were our deep threats. Uh, so you know it's exciting to have those guys back because they can they can stretch your they can stretch the edge and 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 got you know great speed. Uh, from the defensive side of the ball, really we lost two senior corners. Uh, those guys did an outstanding job. So we we've got to really work and and get our secondary strong again. And and several teams we. 
play, especially early on, are teams that throw the ball a lot. So we, we've got a lot of work to do there. It always goes that you can't really replace the man. Sometimes it's more of a, a by-committee sort of situation. What is the strategy when it comes to replacing, uh, you know, especially those two corners, say, on the defensive side who were so productive for you guys? How do you go about replacing really, really talented players when it's not normally like you can just stick somebody else in there and expect the same level of production? That's true, you know, and that's 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 why we coach. You know, you've got to get a base system and then you've got to get kids that are competing for that job and, and then let, you know, let, let the cream rise to the top, as they say. But, you know, the guys that we had, they, those two guys that played corner all the way back into peewee football, middle school football. So their experience on the field, you're not going to replace. But what you got to do is you just got to get kids. They got to know their job. They got to be fundamentally sound, know their run responsibility, run fits. And they got to know what their coverages are and, 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 you know, communicate and make sure we don't make mistakes and bust coverages. York Dragons football coach Derwin Wright. When we come back, we head from York all the way down to Cumberland County. We check in with the Jets and the Panthers right here on the High School Playbook. Colin Castleberry back with you on the High School Playbook as we keep chug-chug-chugging along here in our preview of all your favorite Upper Cumberland teams on the gridiron. And now we head to Cumberland County where we get a two-for-one special. We begin with the Jets. We end with the Panthers. First up, here is Jets head coach Noah Rapaski discussing his senior class and what they can mean to the program this season. Yeah, well, this is um, mine and my staff's fourth year here. So these, uh, this senior class was the first class that we had when we came in. Uh, so they know how we do things, how we expect. Uh, they've really bought, bought into what we have taught, what we teach. Uh, and all of our seniors, they embody uh, what our program is, you know, um, um, hard work, effort. Uh, you know, so uh, we're, we're so pleased with them. I'm, very, uh, I'm excited that uh, the season is getting close. I think we're going to have a good year. Uh, I'm looking for some good things out of those guys. Like I said, they just do things right, man, in the locker room, outside of the locker room. And that is translated on the field. It's, it's taken a, a few years, but it's starting. I was sitting back and watching practice today. And it, it just—it was good to see. It was just nice. Everything was running smoothly. The kids were helping each other. They were coaching each other. We were communicating, talking. So you don't do that without having good, you know, senior leadership. In high school football, you're only as good as your seniors, and our seniors are all really good. Too. Well, let's talk about the most important position as well—the position that can really take you places in high school football. How you feeling about your quarterback? Um, he's a young kid. Uh, Noah Potter, he's a sophomore, and he's a young you know, sophomore. He's just 14 years old still. Uh, he's playing a year up. But he uh, he started every game for us in last year as a freshman, took his lunch, learned a whole lot. Uh, he grew over the uh, over, over the offseason. He's gotten bigger. Um, he's, his spring, he got better as the spring you know, went on. Uh, he's been good. Uh, he's learning to become a leader. Uh, the kids trust him. Uh, they know that he is a playmaker. He's a good player. Uh, they know he knows our, our offense. So he's starting to fill into his role there uh, as the leader of our offense. Not just that, but the team. Like I said, the team, uh, they like him and they trust him. And he's starting to make you know make plays. So um, he's going to have a good year. And uh, I'm glad he's just a sophomore. I'm looking forward to having him two or three more years with him. You guys have got some serious opponents coming up. A really, really difficult schedule, but a schedule that could, uh, could do you guys a lot of favors if you're able to walk away with some victories. Uh, what was kind of your your thought process in in some of that scheduling? Well, our our district is tough. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh, a seventeen you know district last year for most of the season. Four out of our uh, 
six teams last year were in the top ten uh, uh, in the state. So our district is, is really tough. So uh, in our off, uh, in our non-district games, I'm looking uh, for some rivalries, some some people that are close that'll be you know good gates. Some games that we have you know traditionally played, uh, you know uh, Cumberland County's played, you know Scott County have had uh, a bunch of you know series over the last you know 15 or, or 20 years. And Bledsoe County's right next door. Coach Tabor does an excellent job. Uh, you know those guys. We uh, when I first got here, uh, they were on our schedule, so they always bring a good crowd. So that'll be good, you know, competition. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Sequoia, uh, that's our last game of the season, coach for Coach Vestal. I got to know him over the last couple of years. He took over, you know, down there uh, last year, and they were a struggling, you know, program. And as the year, you know, went on, uh, they got better. So year two, they'll be uh, a lot better. So I've got a relationship, you know, with him. So I'm looking forward uh, to kind of uh, a three-game series there. Um, so really just uh, for our non our non region stuff, we're, I was looking for some traditional games that we always play, some stuff that is close, some stuff that is familiar, uh, and that will be some good games. Jets head coach Noah Rapaski, Cumberland County High School football. Now we go up and around the corner to Stone Memorial where Panthers head coach Derek Samber is excited for week one against Cookville, but how does he feel about his scrimmages, his practices, how's the team looking, so on and so forth. Here's coach Samber. Just excited that football's back, right? Calling everybody loves seeing uh, football season kick off. Scrimmages have been fine, you know. I think those are diagnostic more than anything. And yeah, we're excited for for football to be here. But we've got a steep road ahead of us with a really good Cookville team uh, at their place right out of the gate. Yeah, what's your biggest maybe concern, or what's the biggest thing you think this team still got to work on? Is there something you feel like is going to be a strength of this team early in the season? Well, you know, I think we've got quite a bit of experience back. Um, we, we played at least one game like scrimmage. So um, you always worry about logistics and, and communication that first uh, real Friday night under the lights. Um, but I, I think between our, our coaching staff continuity and some of the experience we have coming back, we'll be okay there. Um, but, you know, the biggest concern is just seeing a, a talented, physical, well-coached football team yeah what are i'm sure you've you've taken a preliminary look you'll take a much more in-depth one you know next week but what are your thoughts on that week one opponent in cookville what do they do that you think you're going to have to try to counter maybe without giving too much away what are some things you think you can take advantage of well uh, you know they're they're really big up front um talented all over the perimeter um they've got a lot of experienced guys back as well uh, i think they're really physical uh, on both lines of scrimmage, uh, and then you know those perimeter guys um, are athletic. Uh, those guys are physical as well, um, so it's gonna be hard to take advantage of much. To be honest, Colin, we're just gonna try to have to run our stuff and execute. Do your best being you, uh, Coach. My my final question, I suppose, is this, and that is going on the road in week one. Is that something you've already been kind of talking to your team about? Is that we got to start this year off? in a hostile environment, in a very, very good environment? Yeah, man, it's tough. It's uh, a 6A football team, a storied football program. Coach Hennigan and his guys do a great job. Um, Yeah, it's a team Stone's never beat before. So, yeah, there's a lot of challenges. It's certainly something that that we're aware of and have talked about. Um, We we know we've got an uphill climb ahead of us, and uh, I think our kids will, will be ready for that challenge. What gives you the confidence this year's team can be the team to finally break that streak, break through, and beat the Cavs? Yeah, some experience back for sure. Uh, but I just I really love the mentality of our seniors. I, I think they have uh, they've seen what it looks like last year, and they were a big part of, of the standard that we set 
uh, with what we accomplished last year, uh, and their hopes are certainly to take it a step further um, and, and to grow and climb even higher from what we did last season. Stone Memorial head coach Derek Samber there. We take a break. We come back. We finish it up here in Putnam County with the Monterey Wildcats and head coach Scott Hughes when we return here on the High School Playbook. Time to close it out here in Putnam County on the High School Playbook. It's Monterey High School and the Wildcats. Head coach Scott Hughes, we opened up the line of questions with, simply put, how excited are you and how are you feeling heading into the first week of this season? Scott Hughes did not mince words. Well, you know, we're excited. Anytime you get to this point in the year, you know, you start getting excited about the start of the season. And, uh, you know, our our young men are working really hard. and They're kind of tired of going against each other because we've been going against each other now for for a few weeks. And, uh, you know, you get to scrimmage a couple different people, but it's still that Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. It's the same faces. Uh, same people and, and you end up hitting each other and going against it, each other so much. You just, you know, you, at times it, it, you kind of lose the, the luster of practice or the competitiveness, but, uh, you know, it, it, it our guys are excited. Uh, as coaches, we're super excited. Uh, not near where we need to be right now. Uh, but that, that happens and, uh, you know, it, it's something that we got to fix very quickly. Said it right there. Not near where we need to be right now. Where do you want to be right now? Where are you right now? And and as you talked about, how do you change that or fix that? Well, you know, for us, it's just, you know, the continual process of, of trying to put the pieces together and getting everybody to gel in the right way and, and being able to find how the pieces kind of go together. And, uh, you know, we're, we're playing a lot of new faces this year, and uh, some of those guys are, are playing new positions than what they maybe did last year. And so it's just trying to find the cohesiveness and getting everybody on the same page and uh, just trying to grow mentally right now. The the physical part, um, you know, I, I know we still have some, some concern there, but for us it's way more mental than anything. Who are some familiar faces that may be in unfamiliar spots? Or who are some faces that are unfamiliar to Wildcat fans that they're going to become familiar with quickly as we begin the season? We're going, you know, you're, you're going to see a few names that have been uh, familiar to us. You know, Cyrus Farley and Coltel Rod are guys that's played a lot of football for us. Uh, Logan Montgomery, Cole Bowman, uh, you know, guys that played early in their careers, uh, Darnell Hernandez and Gabriel Montejo, those guys have played a lot. Uh, so, you know, those are those are some familiar faces. Aiden Reagan being another guy and Jacob Hobson that, that have been in some games. Um, and, and then, you know, we're going to be filling in from there uh, with some guys that we're really excited about. Um, you know, Jalen Rigdon is a, a young man that we're excited about. And Eli Phillips and Colin Fowler. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that have been in our program for a little bit. Uh, but they've never had to be the guy, and and that's uh, that's the part that we're trying to fix from the mental standpoint is is going out and being the guy uh, instead of just kind of hanging out and watching everybody else. Obviously, at smaller schools like uh, Monterey, depth can quickly become an issue. How do you feel about you know your two deep, maybe your three deep? What is the depth situation for the Wildcats here early in the year? No, you listed two numbers that I don't know if we have. Um, <laughs> you know, being a small school, I don't know if we ever, don't know if we ever get into those numbers that you named. Um, you know, it it is and it is always a worry. And and you know, for our young men, you know, everybody plays both sides of the football, and everybody preps to play both sides of the football. And uh, you know, we have so many young men that that not only prep just to play 
um, you know, offense or defense, but, you know, they're prepping it maybe two or three, two or three different spots, uh, on, on one side of the football. So we, we have a lot of guys that, you know, have to learn four, five, six positions. And, uh, it's, it's very worrisome, uh, not only for them as individuals, but, but for our depth as well. Head coach Scott Hughes, Monterey Wildcats. That'll do it for here in Putnam County. When we come back, you guys could probably guess it. Only one team left to talk about, and that is maybe the talk of the Upper Cumberlands. Four-time All-State player Matten Hauser returns to coach his alma mater in Livingston Academy. We'll talk about it when we come back on the High School Playbook. Once more back on the High School Playbook, Colin Castleberry with you, and there's one more school to go. The man, the myth, the legend that is four-time All-State player Mathen Hauser returns to his alma mater to head up the program at Livingston Academy. We let it off by asking how the offseason went. Here is head coach Mathen Hauser. I think it, I think it um, you know, you look back at our offseason, we had a long, long time living in the weight room, and uh, guys gained a lot in the weight room. Uh, moving through the summer and into the fall, we've we've scrimmaged three really good opponents. We've scrimmaged uh, two teams that made it to the third round last year, and another team that's uh, that has had a lot of success over the last several years. A lot of athletes, and we've held our own, played well, um, and so all those things are just building blocks for the the season. You know, you want to come out as injury free as possible. We've had some guys banged up, um, and we're hoping for the you know the quickest recovery that they can get. Um, and we want them to still be a part of the team. But we're, we're with the guys that we do have, we're just ready to get going and just, you know, kind of build on the, the little positives that we've had throughout. How do you kind of change a culture? It's difficult because, you know, um, you have a lot of individuals that make up a team. So when you get a team together, they have to learn that they're doing it for their teammate. They're doing it because they love the guy next to them, not because they want themselves to be successful. And once they start to have that bond they're able to go out and play and not worry about what what's my stats look like they're worried about are we winning um we started that in the weight room in the off season we spent a lot of time in competitions and doing different group stuff and learning to kind of trust your teammate and to get in there and do whatever you can to make sure he's successful and and, uh it's carried over to the practice field in the fall we've had um a lot of times where it gets tough it gets hot we're in conditioning or whatever it may be and we've got guys picking each other picking each other up and, you know, helping them across the finish line or whatever we're trying to do. So that's that's a lot of it. It's just when you look, talk about culture, there's a lot of different philosophies on how to build your culture in a locker room, and ours has always just been about, um, you know, trying to build a group of men that care about each other, that's going to willing to go above and beyond for the guy next to them. Where do the strengths lie on this team, and where are some of the weaknesses? We have a lot of uh, wide receiver and defensive back uh, type kids so we've got a good amount of depth there our offensive and defensive lines have a decent amount of depth um, where we're maybe thinner is maybe running back um, we do have some guys there that are battling for positions and they're doing a great job we just don't have as much depth as the other positions but you know still overall I think this team is is very deep in terms of a lot of kids that are just like um, so there's not a whole lot of difference between number one and number eight um, there's a, it's just a lot of similarities to how they play the game and how they approach the game. And that's a good problem to have is when you have a, a little bit of depth issues, trying to find ways to get different people the ball or get them on the field. You know, th- those are problems that are, are better than not having enough bodies to get them on the field. So, 
you know, that's part of what we're working through is just trying to continue to build the confidence and getting a lot of reps for a lot of different players because as the season wears on, depth it becomes a huge issue. What does that do for you guys as a new coaching staff taking over this program to inherently already kind of have depth, which is not something you you can really take for granted? You know, I think it means, for us, it, it means the fact that we're, we're a little more flexible on special teams, um, which are a huge part of the game. We've got guys that are able to – uh, you know, maybe start offensively and, and have another group start defensively and keep guys fresh at the beginning of series. So having a, a good amount of depth, it, you know, it it's beneficial in a lot of different ways. Um, and, so, and so for us, it's just trying to make sure that they all get plenty of reps in practice and plenty of reps in scrimmage so that they're comfortable so that when their number is called, they're ready to go. What's going to look different for Wildcat football this year out there on the gridiron? You know, I, th- I hope um, – I don't know how different or how alike it will be. I just hope when you look at our team, you see a, a bunch of kids that play hard, that want to represent the school and the community well, um, and that they're doing things the right way on and off the field. That's that's kind of what we we hope people from the outside are seeing when they look at our team. Um, you know, it, it, there's going to be some differences offensively and defensively in what we do special teams-wise, but it all comes down to how – how much effort, energy, and what your attitude's like when you're playing, that that speaks volumes for the culture in your locker room. So that's what we're working to build more so than anything else. So we'll just continue to focus on that. New Livingston Academy head football coach and alumnus Matten Hauser. That'll do it for the high school playbook. Remember, folks, you can go hear the full interviews with all of these head coaches on ucsportsnation.com. I hate that I have to cut things, but that is just how an hour-long show works. So make sure to go hear full comments from all the coaches on ucsportsnation.com. For now, though, I'm Colin Castleberry. It has been a real pleasure to preview your Upper Cumberland teams right here on the High School Playbook.